This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to episode 113 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. How's everybody doing today? Very good. That's good. Um, I uh, finally know how Taylor Swift feels at the ACAs. Aww. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've been busy these past couple days, you and Diane. Yeah, we have been busy. We have been busy at, at the New Media Expo. For those who don't know, it's just an expo with a bunch of nerds like us who do podcasts and blogs and things like that. And uh, the podcast awards were this evening, and we were nominated in two categories, but sadly we did not take home the prize. But it was still, regardless, a very humbling experience to even be nominated. For those who are unaware, there were over 4,400 podcasts nominated, and we were in the top 10 in the People's Choice category, which was the big award of the night. So I just really, despite not taking home the award, want to thank everybody who supported us and got us there because you guys are like awesome like because there were a lot of you out there that had to nominate us in the first place to even get to that category and it's just amazing the support that we've seen from you guys and just i mean a few of the shout outs i I just want to give from people that said something really nice tonight at swift loves you you know you wish us luck at taylor fan 697 at swifty fan 6 pierce is a huge supporter of us she's very nice Uh, And at Android, who has always been a supporter of us for a long time. So for you guys and for everyone else that tweeted us in tonight and offered even like kind of a, oh, you guys get it next year. You know, we really appreciate that. That's really nice. And like, thank you. Seriously. Thank you. But we're not here to talk about that. Well, kind of. We can kind of. Kind of a little bit. I just want to thank you all. But (laughs) moving on with the episode, Diane's going to give us the news. All right. First up in the news, a new radio program, CMT After Midnight with Cody Allen, will begin on January 6th. And Taylor Swift, Garth Brooks and Hunter Hayes are scheduled to stop by during launch week of the show. The broadcast will be available via iHeartRadio. Also, Taylor Swift had one of the top selling tours of 2013. According to Polestar's year-end top 20 worldwide tours, where Taylor was ranked number eight with close to 1.5 million tickets sold. That's a lot of tickets. Wow. I'm pretty sure I bought all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like half of them, Sammy. All right, maybe. (laughs) Um, Fellow Living on a Prayer karaoke buddy, Bon Jovi, tops the list selling nearly 2.7 million tickets. That's awesome. And I love, too, with Bon Jovi in particular, that they they list the number of tickets sold. Because I feel like there are people, because Taylor down at 8th sounds kind of off to me. But I feel like there were people that actually sold less tickets, but sold them at a higher price that may have grossed more in sales. Right. Well, not only that, but there was also the number of tour dates that you did. Exactly, that too. Or the the venue. You're talking about people that maybe their entire tour was based on big arenas and stadiums the whole time so that could be part of it right too. but also steve like the fact that taylor's floor seats are what 80 90 bucks 85 bucks something at face value and these numbers right. are based upon face value not yeah, what we she pay made for that sure that she had Correct. tickets no more than 30 dollars. so i or like the lowest was 30 dollars, so that people could afford them and there are other people that like 
you know, the the lowest is like $150. So I'm yeah, and that's that what she was it. charging for the pit. Right. right. Very true. Which, which is awesome. What it actually kind of reminds me of is uh, Titanic versus Avatar. You know how Avatar, they say... <laughs> I know Dan's laughing now, but you know how like Avatar, they say was like the the highest grossing movie of all time in the box office. Never saw it. Yeah, I never but did it either. Also actually, was affected considering that Titanic came out came out like ten years earlier. Nineteen ninety seven. Ticket, ticket mm-hmm. prices weren't ten to fifteen dollars for a movie. Nope, they were an, on average. The national average when Titanic was in theaters was three dollars and seventy five cents a ticket. Are you serious? Oh my yeah. god. So something interesting, and oh this god. is this is a rough statistic for you. It's not the exact number, but while Avatar sold more at the box office in terms of gross revenue and actual sales, Titanic actually sold roughly twice as many tickets. Wow. Yeah. Does that number include when they re-promoted Titanic, or is I that the original? I don't think so. I no, that's original. based on the original. That's from a study I read a couple years ago when Avatar was when Avatar broke that record, the box gotcha. office record. That's when the article came out. So it, it is a few years old. Um, you know, Titanic, I don't, I don't know how much they made on the re-release and 3D and everything, but that was kind of cool. But I feel like we're kind of <laughs> off topic on the Titanic thing. Although <laughs> Diane loves Titanic. I think we should start a Titanic podcast just for Diane. Oh, my God. Can we do that? <laughs> no, that would freak me out. I used to have nightmares about Titanic. Yeah, Ooh, it, it actually is a really scary movie. But, yeah, it would be fun. We could talk about Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, oh, and, and I'm down you can that. talk about how you saw his bum in a movie recently. <laughs> oh yeah, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, was that good? It, it was, eh. we're, we're, Sammy, we'll talk about it later. It was fantastic, <laughs> but it's not for young people. There's a lot of naughtiness in it, but it was a great storyline. But Sammy, as long as you feel like talking right now, can you give us the upcoming calendar? Sure. Um, the 40th annual People's Choice Awards will be broadcast live on Wednesday, January 8th at 9 p.m. on CBS. Taylor is nominated for Favorite Country Artist. On January 12th, the 2014 Golden Globe Awards will be broadcast at 8 p.m. on NBC. Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff of, uh, is nominated for Sweeter Than Fiction for the Best Original Song from One Chance. And the 56th Annual Grammy Awards will be broadcast on Sunday, January 2026 at 8 p.m. on CBS. Taylor is nominated for four awards, including Album of the Year, Country Album of the Year, Best Country Song of the Year for Begin Again, and Best Country Duo Group Performance for Highway Don't Care with Tim McGraw and Keith Urban. Awesome. Thank you for that, Sammy. So someone fill me in or refresh my memory, rather. Um, Nashville is on which network? ABC. It's on what? ABC. ABC. Okay. I, I was just that was totally off topic. I was uh, for some reason I thought NBC and I was going to make a joke about with NBC. So Taylor should win a Golden Globe. But because, you know, the connection with Big Machine in Nashville. But forget I even made that joke. It wasn't uh, it relevant work. or you can make that joke when the CMA nominations come out because then it's relevant. OK, thank you, Sammy. <laughs> so for our main discussion today, we thought we would talk about something interesting and uh, that would be the changing landscape in pop music and how it might affect Taylor's next album, courtesy of Steve's brilliant research, <laughs> although it probably didn't take much research since it's all over the news and, and blogs hey. and everything else, is uh, the whole thing with Beyonce and her album release, how it was very hush-hush and just sort of happened. There it wasn't was a like, grand bam. release. Like, suddenly Beyonce had a CD out and no one knew that it was coming. So, Steve, in in like 10 seconds or less, can you fill everyone in on exactly what happened with Beyonce? So, 
for the people that aren't familiar with it know what's going on? Uh, pretty much just at the very end of 2013 here, she just released her new album. All the songs had videos for everything, and nobody knew that she was even coming out with an album. Normally you promote that the, to heck, and she didn't do any of that. Just put it out there for people on the internet, and it sold like crazy. Right. Now, this is very, very different from what Taylor does, especially with the Red Album last year when she did a huge like week-long promotional thing. So, uh, out of curiosity, Steve, do you happen to know how her sales did, Beyonce's sales on this? She um, sold well over 500000 in a couple hours with it, within it being released. It was a couple well hours? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm sure that all of her fans were freaking out. Wow. They were so happy. Yeah, it was it was intense. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think of this strategy relative to Taylor's big promotional strategy? Because this one seemed to be far less expensive than Taylor's. A lot less marketing necessary. Yet, I mean, if, if I'm being quite honest, I almost think it's brilliant. Because she did something so unique. Now people won't be able to replicate it. But because she did something so unique, all the marketing was done through word of mouth and it's free because people will post about it tweet about it and she never had to pay for it at all we're talking about it right now and she's not paying us yeah <laughs> like it, it was a genius idea i think but it but it was also very unknown too it's it's not what the industry normally does you can look to two albums that were very heavily promoted for the longest time here now and with uh, lady gaga's art pop and then also Katy perry's prism just like the normal promotion that happens and neither and of them act- sold anywhere near as much as their hype was sell is right, saying they that were they should. overhyped is what happened oh yeah so there there's like a medium of where you can hype up an album enough to be have it successful and then overhype it and beyonce didn't do any of that she just pretty much put it out there and boom success so then let's talk taylor for a minute with her album release presumably coming up this year I mean, it's been heavily hinted at. We don't have a date mm-hmm. yet, but I mean, what? We're pretty sure it's coming out this year. 90% sure. Like I would 99. say 99.9%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the hard thing with Taylor is that Taylor is consistent in her albums coming out every two years. So it wouldn't be, I mean, it's obviously not difficult for us to assume that an album would come out this year. So there would be really no way for her to, you know, surprise us like that. I, I suppose that she could surprise us in how it was announced because she's done different ways of doing that. You know, she did it differently with Speak Now compared to Red, and I'm sure that she'll do it differently for this album too. The, just the difference is on almost what scale she'll do it on. Well, I think she could absolutely do something similar to Beyonce. We know the approximate schedule, but then she could just, like, spring it on us. You know what I mean? Like, we'll know it's in the right time. And then she'll just tweet one day, hey, guys, my new album's out. Go buy it. But would it be a good idea to do that? And would it work again? I think anything would work for Taylor, but... (laughs) I I think it would be successful. Let's put it that way. If she would do something similar to Beyonce, it would be successful. I just don't know if that is the best way for Taylor to do it, mainly based on how she's done past albums. And part of it is to get the fans involved. Right. That's a very valid point. And I think that's one thing that Beyonce, yes, her fans are involved because they're tweeting about it. They're talking about it. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, a new album. It's great. But to have 
Taylor be right there with the fans? May she be doing, you know, a live chat or a performance somewhere, that kind of stuff, promoting it at the different TV stations and everything else like that, getting new fan base. That That's one of the questions about Beyonce. Yes, she has lots of fans and it was very successful, but did she really get any new fans? I think she must she have though, this? because if you look at like, if you compare her Taylor her followers to Taylor's followers on Twitter, Taylor has over double the amount that Beyonce does. And Beyonce was still able to sell about as many as Taylor sold for Red. Like, she was up there for that first week. And, I mean, her fans must have come from somewhere because she only has, like, 13 or 14 million followers on Twitter. And Taylor has almost 40 million. Mm-hmm. So and I, I think, think that, Lady Gaga has the most, actually. She's yeah, I think Lady up, Gaga, up Gaga there, and Justin, her and Justin Bieber, Bieber are, are near the top, I know. And I think Katy Perry's up there, too. Isn't she above Taylor also? At least around there somewhere. Yeah, and I like. I mean, I feel like with Beyonce doing it this way, it almost, it, it did have her bring in new fans because then, you know, all the old fans were like, oh my God, there's new Beyonce music. I haven't heard new Beyonce music in however long. And then, you know, new fans were like, oh, hey, maybe I should check out Beyonce because everybody's talking about it. I mean, I'm not a Beyonce fan, but I had to go and listen to some of these songs because the whole world was talking about it. But Sammy, are you sure it has that effect? Because here's my opinion on that matter is it intrigued me as a person. And I'm talking about Beyonce here, but it's not making me listen to her. I think it must have based on her album sales. I mean, I guess, but... I mean, I don't know. Do we know, like, her other album sale numbers, if they were anywhere near that? I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not a fan of hers. I I have no idea. (laughs) Like, that's kind of the point. But, I mean, a real question, though, is then, what can Taylor do for the next album release to shock, awe, and outsell herself again? Because you remember Speak Now was a million in the first week. Red was 1.2 million. How can she be, like... And sync or was it N sync or yes, Backstreet Boys? It was how can it, how can she be N sync and do two point four million? Put out a good album. That's what it comes down to. That's <laughs> that really where the sales are. Yeah, That's but what she happened with Lady Gaga and Katy Perry is they put out albums. They were very highly anticipated. Based on their past albums, this looked like it was gonna be a mega success and it just it wasn't good. Well, to be honest, what I'd like to see for Taylor's next album release is I'd like to see her really think out of the box and come up with something creative. Because if you look back to Red, I mean, Good Morning America is great. They got a big audience. And if we were here, I would ask you all to raise your hands if you only watched Good Morning America because of Taylor releasing Red. I only ever do. That's the only time I do. That's my point. So how is she? I mean. Maybe that is her intent because Good Morning America viewers are not traditional Taylor Swift viewers. But I think, though, now because of how overhyped Lady Gaga was and Katy Perry, I mean, they did the same thing that Taylor did where they uh, announced a song early the week before on Good Morning America. And then the next day the song came out on iTunes. They did the same thing that Taylor did. So now Taylor has to one-up it. Will she do that again? Yeah, probably, because it worked for her for Speak Now and for Red. But for actual album release and even for album announcement, she has to step it up. Um, I kind of feel like, I mean, for me personally, I think it would be cool to see her do it in concert and just have, like, you know, a random concert in 
some major city, New York, L.A., Chicago, I don't know, and do it there in front of all the fans and have it be on a live stream. I think that that would be a good way for her to do it because, you know, then it's on a larger scale, whereas, like, Speak Now was, you know, in a pre-recorded web chat and Red was in a live web web chat. It just kind of escalates from there. Or international, for that matter. Yeah. Well, how about the next one? How about the next one she does on an episode of Taylor Talk? (laughs) (laughs) I'm down for that. You know, that would definitely be um, different and something that... Awesome. Yeah. A little bit. All of the above. Highly unlikely. Well, (laughs) highly unlikely. That's fair. Never say never. (laughs) Never say never, Sammy. This isn't Bieber talk. Hey, Taylor Um, says it too. It was a joke, Sammy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I I do, I would really like to see her think out of the box on this one though. And, And not just do maybe a basic webcast, not just do Good Morning America. Like get creative and find new ways to reach new audiences. But then is the question, the question is, when does she do the creative part? Does she do it when the album is announced or when the album is released? I would say when it's announced. I would say announced. I agree. Because well, that's, that's yeah. when you start to build the hype for the yeah. album. I mean, so, all of, all of our, her Twitter fans, like we said earlier, are expecting it to come out this year. But in order to get in new people, it's once you announce the album. But announced and released in the case of Beyonce was the same time. Right. Yeah. It was there was no hey I'm gonna have an album coming out it's oh my album's out yeah but Steve I think That's we already it. agreed that Taylor will not take that same route she is I, gonna I make a grand right entrance for her album to say you know for lack of a better phrase um mm-hmm. but I mean I I just the reason I keep repeating that I would like to see her find a new way to reach new fans is because I think there are Swifties to be made out there right now because like I said I I have been attending the New Media Expo all weekend. And, you know, people ask me, what do you do? And right on my name badge, it says, Adam Taylor talk. And, you know, they're, they're like, so I tell them about it. And do you know how many of these people just don't listen to her because they don't know anything about her? I mean, I've sold so many people on her simply by saying, yeah, she writes all her own songs. People are amazed by that. And then they become interested. People that mm-hmm. otherwise did not care. So there are audiences out there, and I think she needs to find a unique way to kind of sell herself to them. I think it also will have to do with the music that's on the album as well, but in order to get the people in, it needs to be announced in a unique way, and then to keep them there, it needs to be a unique sound. Right you are, Sammy. (laughs) So, Sammy, you kind of touched on the past releases and how they did web chats and then Good Morning America, right? One yep. of the web chats being live, one being pre-recorded, which is irrelevant. Same thing anyway, just live audience. Um, so, like, I mean, is she a creature of habit? Is she becoming a creature of habit? Because I've never seen Taylor like that. I've always seen her as the one that wows us with something new. Hmm. I feel like... I, I, oh, go ahead, Steve. I feel that part of what she's doing is with the web chats and that a lot of it had to do with involving fans i think that's the important part because you can mix it up a little bit for instance uh the the one time she did it there for speak now it was a thanksgiving special that was played on nbc and the other time it's just she's going around to different places on different programs and had the taylor followers with her so she really it's about involving the fans more than anything else 
Right. I thought the Taylor followers was a stroke of genius, and I'll tell you why. Um, because fans have authenticity. You know what I mean? If Taylor goes on, I mean, she has been on Jay Leno, for example. Like, Jay Leno getting in front of his audience and being like, and this is Taylor Swift, everybody. Go listen to Taylor Swift. Like, <laughs> not what he sounds like. That was a pretty good <laughs> Yeah, that was good, actually. Thank you. Diane's like, that was not what he sounds like. But um, Sammy and Steve at least have my back. Thanks, guys. Uh, you know, like, that doesn't work. It doesn't work because Jay Leno has, first, he's got the wrong audience, I think, in my and opinion. Plus, like, he, like, is paid to say that. Like, that's his job. He has guests on and says, oh, go watch their movie. Go do this or whatever, you know? Right. Like, you don't know if he actually believes it or not. But with fans, you know that their heart is in it. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And that's what I was getting at with when I'm selling people at this expo and when I'm selling friends that don't listen to Taylor Swift is they're going to trust you because you're authentic and you really, truly love Taylor and her music. And they can see that and they know there's a reason that you love it. And there's a reason that you support her where, you know, these talk shows and, and traditional media, like Diane said, are paid to say that. Mm hmm. Well, they don't have they don't have a, a real target. They're just kind of crop dust in a way. And hey, you know, if this person might be someone that you'd listen to, then maybe you would listen to it. But it's not very, you know, to a point of this is the audience that we're trying to go for, and we know that this is going to appeal to those people. They're just hey, I'm promoting my movie. Maybe somebody that watches Jay Leno is going to go and watch this movie now. It's just kind of the old style, if you will. That, and that's my point. It's old, and that's why I go back to the question whether or not Taylor is becoming a creature of habit by doing the same thing for her album releases, where I, as a fan, would like to see her do something really unique and just blow us all away. Like what, though? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't yeah. know. Taylor's more creative than I am. She's know, proved that. That's, that's why she's thing. Taylor Swift, and I just host a podcast about her. Right. Uh, <laughs> she's smarter than I am. So I don't know exactly what it is, but I mean, something to get people talking about her and talking about her as being a unique individual, something that's going to get people talking about her in a way that's going to sell her music, not talking about who she dates or what she's wearing to the gym, mm -hmm. you know, something to get them talking about her music. Well, well and, and she's done that where uh, even for Speak Now, she had that um, where she went in Hollywood on the bus. And then just tweeted about it, and then people showed up. Like that was the yes, spontaneousness that, awesome. that she had there, and and that was very successful too. So she'll come up with something new that's creative that none of us can even think of imaginable that's going to be awesome for the new album. I'm not I, concerned. I feel like she's good at balancing out doing something different that might be you know might be a risk, and then also doing the norm. So like you know she can do something like you know, the bus on in L.A., but she would also, you know, do the talk show rounds that would end up, you know, kind of coming at you from all angles. And then I think that ends up working well for her. Right. Yeah. So, Steve, you put a note in our in our uh, shared document here about mainstream pop music taste starting to change direction. Did you want to talk about that for a minute? It's, it's just something I've noticed, and I'm sure some other people have noticed it, too. It just seems like the, the music now there's different artists that are really starting to climb the charts rapidly um 
and some of the other ones starting to decline. I, we spoke earlier there about Lady Gaga and Katy Perry, and I can probably put Miley Cyrus in that boat too, where the shock and the overhype is not really getting the job done like it used to. Sorry, Miley, getting naked doesn't sell albums. <laughs> it just gets people to talk about you. Right, right. But you have someone like, and I know that you... I'm not going to like this person, but Lord. No, Christ. Steve, oh, no. I knew he was going to say that. Worst artist. Oh, oh I nice. wouldn't go that far. I would not go that far. I am starting to come around, but it's just not for okay. me. Sammy, you're supposed to be my teammate on this I, one. Well, I'm, on your, I'm your teammate with Adele. We can okay. Stick, we can stick sides on Adele. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we don't like Adele. But, but there's a been a couple of new artists that have really been coming up there. Lord, for instance, A Great Big World. Uh, Passenger, which they actually did a song with Ed Sheeran a while ago. They sound awesome. a lot like Ed Sheeran. I love that Passenger song that's Me on the too. radio. When I hear it oh, on the radio, good. I'm like, wait, is this Ed? And then I'm like, oh, no, it's not. Right. It's kind of that indie, um, a little bit of darker pop, if you will, a little singer-songwriter. It's, it's a very big change from where we are now. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that reminds me back in the 90s, back in my day. I was just going to say that. <laughs> When there was, for instance, you had Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears. Hey, Christina Steve, Aguilera. Steve, Backstreet's yes. back, all right? All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, but there was a period there in the later 90s where it was kind of, well, actually a little bit before that, the earlier 90s was when it was a lot of grunge rock. And then all of a sudden it kind of smoothed out and all of a sudden you started getting into the late 90s, early 2000s where you had all those groups that were coming out there, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Britney Spears, etc. And then all of a sudden there was a change again where you kind of had the anti-Britney's, uh, Avril Lavigne, for instance, mm-hmm. and even Christina Aguilera changed from her pop princess to, you know, a lot uh, rougher edge, if you will. So the pop music landscape is constantly changing. I think we're right at that crossroads right now, right now which is very significant, especially any artist releasing any albums here in the near future. So, Steve, speaking to that point, then, what is everyone's opinion on how that's going to affect Taylor's next album? Well, I I would almost think that this next album will be maybe a little darker, maybe a little more. I knew you were trouble, kind of. Mm -hmm. So in that case, Steve, do you think I knew you were trouble? Because Red has very different sounds on it. Do you think maybe she was testing the waters a little about going in a different direction? I mean, I think she was moving definitely to a new sound. So you think that was just a transition? It just happens to be a coincidence. It wasn't like a deliberate test of her audience. Well, I, I'm not I saying know. her whole album would go that way. I'm. I just think that maybe a bigger majority of it may go towards a newer sound. I think it also depends on the artist situation. I mean, Lord, you know, she writes and sings and publishes songs much like Taylor does in that she's writing about what she knows. Taylor, I mean, she's had dark points in her life and dark relationships and this, that, the other thing, but most of her life has not been that way, and I think that that tends to affect her music. I do agree that there will probably be some darker, more I knew you were trouble, you know, sad, beautiful, tragic kind of situation songs on there, but I'm not sure that she is transitioning 100% into that. I don't see that that's a Taylor thing to do. That's possible, but she does always know what's going on within the music industry oh, and where absolutely. trends are going. I'm sure she'll have at least one or two songs on there like that, but I'm not sure that the whole album would be like that. That just doesn't seem like 
Right. It would be it'll be a mixture. I mean, it's yeah. country pop, a little bit of everything. Something you know, the slow songs that Adam doesn't like, and then no. the, the, I think happy, Adam and I are the song. same person. But Adam's Adam, and I'm Sammy. But we feel the same way about these things. Slow songs are so boring. How can you rock out to them? I feel the same way. I mean, I would like to see more uh, sweeter than fiction style going there. So little poppy. Little poppy, little 80s. <laughs> Synth pop, if you will, I think is kind of yeah, more that's, of what yeah. that may be towards. Mm-hmm. Which Synth is not. Pop, uh, huh? Well, that, that's another one of the big trends that's going on in pop music right now. Um, there's actually another bunch of new artists that have come out and started really catching fire, if you will. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> da Hunger Games. <laughs> um, for instance, Arcade Fire. Who's on the Hunger Games soundtrack? How convenient. Well, there you go. And, and Haim. I mean, there's there's a lot of artists right now that have kind of, it's an 80s synth pop, kind of little nostalgia, bubblegum bumble, pop-ish kind of sound. That, And what's interesting is that's the whole reason that Taylor wanted to work with Jack Antonoff to do the Sweeter Than Fiction song. Right. And that'll be interesting, too, to see how that affects the next album, because we do know that Taylor is very into the whole collaboration thing right now. And she wanted to work with Jack Antonoff specifically for that sound. So it'll be interesting. I think once word starts circulating on who she is collaborating with, we might get a better idea of what direction she's going. I mean, for example, one direction. (laughs) uh, Steve's on a roll tonight. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, you totally made me lose my train of... Oh, train of thought. Um, She collaborated with Train. Train. (laughs) That was actually a coincidence. Like, I was... You made me lose my train of thought, but my train of thought was, in fact, on Train. I mean, we we might see that song on her next album. I hope so. I don't know what happened to that one. I mean, they... I thought it was for Train's album. But it hasn't come out yet. I don't know. No, but I... Well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't really matter, but... Yeah, I don't... I would be interested to hear that, too. I don't know, but maybe she was looking, because I know one of the things she said in interviews is about looking for those people to serve as mentors and things like that. So even if she doesn't necessarily have that collaboration on this album, she could maybe have something that goes in the direction of sort of a train sound, which I would love because that's my favorite band, and I think they're fantastic. So that would be really cool. And I think in terms of, you know, the country direction, she could, you know, working with Tim McGraw, she could kind of stay in that area. But if she decided, like we were talking about last week, um, working with Justin Timberlake, he's kind of going in the country direction, but it's kind of a different kind of country. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to explain. He's hard to pin down. And I think that she could kind of be influenced by that, too, and go in that direction for country. Also. Right. What if she yeah. just came up with this totally twangy, like, bluegrass, southern, started okay. putting on her s- southern accent again? and <laughs> It would be very 2006. That's not going to work in today's music right no, now. No, it's not. I mean, it something work. with Justin Timberlake would be great because he did have the biggest album in 2013. So, Yeah, well, that was more uh, sarcastic, Steve. I know she's not yeah. going back to the... Uh, traditional like she's always going for something new exactly exactly so i'm curious to see what it is i mean i think that just about wraps it up for a main discussion i think we had a great discussion actually i think it went really well i hope everybody listening enjoyed it and can offer feedback whenever you have a free moment if you have feedback 
if you agree with us, let us know. If you uh, think we totally stink, also let us know. <laughs> no, don't tell us that. I don't want to know. Okay, send <laughs> send that to me so Diane doesn't have to see it, and um, I'll share it with Steve. Thank you. And I don't even know. I'm just, I'm really tired right now and just kind of rambling. So let's start to wrap it up with some mini segments. Steve, can you give us our first one, please? Okay. Our first uh, mini segment comes from Twitter uh, from our friend iPaul07. And it's, you know, you're Swifty when your friend complains, uh, your tweet, you tweet about Taylor too much. And really, um, he actually included a, a link and his friend mentioned about he could probably win a trivia contest because of his friend Paul. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny on Taylor. So, yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's funny. Um, that's why it's interesting. I think my followers on Twitter, even on my personal account, are mostly people from this fan community. I think I've actually lost followers who are real life friends. I know I have definitely because yeah. I basically I just get tweet yelled about at Taylor. on Facebook for that. <laughs> yeah. I actually here's a funny story for you guys. Um, you know, before I started Taylor Talk, I had a fan site called TaylorSwift13.org, which has since been shut down and just converted into Taylor Talk. And uh, the, ta- the the Twitter account for that, rather, used to be at TaySwift13.org. And a friend of mine, Nicole, who I'm calling out right now by name, uh, c- took me to my very first Taylor concert several years ago. And while I was there, I revealed this fan site to her. It hadn't even quite launched yet. And... She, I made her be my first follower on Twitter, right? One day I'm searching through and I realized she unfollowed. It actually started this big fight. We didn't talk for like a year. Oh my God. We didn't talk for a year because I, she was my first follower on that account. And I was like, why do you unfollow me? And she was like, I don't really care about all this Taylor Swift stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? You took me to my first Taylor concert. <laughs> oh man. But uh, that's kind of my story. So I'm going to have to shoot her a text, be like, you got called out on episode 113. Nicole's in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. We're talking again and we're friends again, so it's okay. And she still loves Taylor Swift. Oh, good. Yes. Yay. (laughs) So, Sammy, sorry I I derailed. It's, It's your turn, and I totally took this in another direction. It's all good. The next one is from Hannah at Swift Agency 13. You know you're a Swifty when you set up all your Taylor merch you got for Christmas and your mom calls it your Taylor Shrine, quote unquote. Now, I can attest to this. I have a giant Taylor Shrine and I have said to many, many people, if my house ever caught on fire, I would pick up the bookshelf and walk out with it and leave everything else. (laughs) As you should. (laughs) Certain things are irreplaceable, Sammy. Yep. This next one comes from Taylor um, is a maze at, on Twitter. And they say, you know you're Swifty when you put at Taylor Swift 13 and at Taylor Talk 13 on the same level. Well, I guess that actually makes you a Taylor talker. Boom. That's really nice. That's like <laughs> the nicest thing anybody has ever said to us. We're and I appreciate that. Hashtag Taylor talker. <laughs> start a hashtag. Taylor hashtag talker. at the end of every sentence. Hashtag Taylor talker. I do feel there is no way that we are possibly even close to being on the same level as Taylor, but I appreciate the compliment nonetheless. That was very, very kind. Now, finally, before we get going, we have one more mini segment for you. It's called What Are Swifties Listening To? And at the Swift Factor on Twitter suggested that Swifties listen to the Frozen soundtrack. Her favorite songs are 
love is an open door and do you want to build a snowman i would love to build a snowman thank you for asking <laughs> i really want to see that movie i i uh, haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to but i've heard great things about it yeah i have heard great things about it yeah um i haven't seen it yet but it should be good People, isn't it a Disney movie? Yes. Yep. Yeah, people are saying something about it being like the first Disney movie in a long time that's like like the old good ones. Well, yeah, it yeah, looks like, like a classic, classic the Renaissance. Disney yes. princess Disney right. movie. Not like one Little of the Mermaid, Beauty silly and the ones. Beast era. Yeah. yeah. That mm-hmm. good. Which is great. I mean, that's that's been a while since. So it, one, it's so. not it's not Ants. Ants wasn't no. a Disney movie. That no. was A Bug's Life and that a was Bugs Pixar. Life oh, was a Disney bu- movie. They were both about no, 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 no. Which one was Ants then? Ants was Ants like was DreamWorks. Dreamworks. Oh, that was yeah. DreamWorks. Oh. The Bugs Life is the one that like had the Bugs Easter Life egg was and Pixar. Toy Story. Pix- yeah. yeah. That was Pixar. I believe it was before the merge. But and that was a yeah. good movie too. So don't even call that out. <laughs> no, that was that was a great one. I love Pixar. Pixar is like a hundred percent on all their movies ever. But of course, that was also partially because Pixar was funded by Apple and and partially run by Steve Jobs You're along with Apple John Lasseter boy. and <laughs> all those Adam. amazing guys. Yeah. Okay, Adam, um, stop <laughs> talking nerd right now. <laughs> I know, but, but, this but is like the episode. Song. This is I like actually, the, I sorry, actually listen to this song. Which one? The, these two. Yeah, oh, I listen good, to them good. also. Right. So, uh, Kristen Bell actually has a pretty good singing voice. Pretty good. Yeah, she has a really good voice, yeah. Who knew? Uh, thank you for bringing that back, Steve. Episode 113 has been like the episode of derailment. <laughs> Mainly because of you. I, okay. Give me a break here. Like I've slept like a total of like 10 hours across three days because uh, of this <laughs> conference I've been at. And I got to get up bright and early in the morning. We're recording now. It's actually Sunday night at midnight, so I guess technically Monday morning. And I got to be up again at like 7. So <laughs> I think it's just about time to wrap up episode 113. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you guys. I think it was really enlightening getting to kind of compare Taylor to some of the other artists and what they've got going on and things like that. So thank you to my panel for joining me. I appreciate it. This was a great episode for episode 113 of Taylor Talk. Hope you all listened to it. And I forgot to tell you how to contact us if you want to. Oh, my gosh, Adam, you're losing it. I'm losing (laughs) my touch. For those who want to reach out to us, there is, of course, a variety of ways to contact us. You can email us, taylortalk at taylorswift13.org. You can tweet us, Facebook us, or Taylor Connect us, all to the username taylortalk13. If you want to ask us a question for discussion on our midweek episodes, submit that to ask.fm slash taylortalk. We don't actually answer them on Ask.fm, so don't get discouraged by that. A lot of people are like, why don't you answer your question? We're like, we do answer the questions. They're just answered on an actual episode rather than on Ask.fm itself. So definitely ask.fm slash taylortalk13. U.S. and Canada, you can either leave us a voicemail or a text message to area code 240-31-SWIFT. And everybody else in the world, if you don't want to incur those international roaming rates, go to taylortalk.org, and we have a button on the side that says send voicemail. You can leave it on there. That method is free of charge, no charges no rates nothing like that so definitely we would love to hear from you guys we want voicemails text messages emails taylor connect messages all kinds of cool stuff just well hit us up we'll chat it's fun (laughs) and i know i rambled that off pretty quickly so if you forgot all of those methods or any of those methods taylortalk.org slash contact that's the easiest way to find every single method 
So now for episode 113 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, my name is Adam. I'm Diane. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. Said have a great week, guys. We will see you all on episode 114. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.